1: Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women. I'm Sue Tab and I am super excited about our guest this morning. She is Olu Ibrahim and she is the founder and CEO of Kids in Tech. Kids in Tech partners with school districts and youth development organizations to help kids gain critical skills in technology and encourage confidence in STEM fields. And it is a great time to talk with Olu because this coming week is Massachusetts STEM Week and Kids in Tech has once again been named a partner. Good morning, Olu. Good morning, Sue. Thank you for having me. Oh, we are so excited to have you. Uh, First, just tell us a little bit about your background in education and sort of what led you to this, to establish Kids in Tech?
2: Yes. A lot of things happened in my childhood that gave me the inspiration to start Kids in Tech. One, um, my dad brought home our first computer and he built it with us. And uh, we started coding and playing and discovering on the computer. My sisters and I used to fight over the computer. Um, We were a low-income family, but my dad had foresight to kind of just, you know, would always tell us that computers were the future, and we had to know how to use this machine. Yeah. And then fast forward, I became a teacher um, just because education was a big part of my success today, Um, having educational opportunities. I became a teacher and worked at different nonprofits managing programs. Um, Locally, um, where Kids in Tech is based, I was looking for volunteer opportunities. And um, I was looking to really help out in a program that was focused on tech and digital um, skills. How do kids increase their digital skills earlier? And I, I didn't find it quite. Any, I found different types of STEM programs, but I didn't find anything quite like what kids in tech would eventually do with our te- after-school tech club. Mm-hmm. So I went around, asked people, "Hey, what would a program look like if if we had a program?" you know, get, got input, and then we piloted our tech club program with essentially the academic year-long club after school at school buildings where we'd bring all the instructors, all the manpower, all the materials, and kids would work on different projects. So we teach anything we type into coding, to web design, graphic design.
1: For people who aren't really familiar with STEM in terms of the different fields, because there are quite a few ways that kids can sort of, paths that they can take if they study these, these tech skills.
2: That means science, technology, engineering, and, and mathematics. And I like to art. I like to add art into that theme, too, because mm-hmm. so I think art is very important as well. Yes. But yes, yeah, uh, you know, for our listeners who are listening, yes, the world isn't always true for those who do STEM, who have the STEM knowledge and skills, right? Um, if you look everywhere, a lot of the jobs that are being created are in STEM fields, specifically life sciences. And um, tech, so um, a lot of hardware, software companies are forming in around, especially in Massachusetts. And I know by 2030, in the U.S. alone, there's going to be about 20 to 50 million STEM jobs. So, you know, you can there's so many jobs that you have in STEM. You could be a software engineer. You could be a doctor. You could be a research scientist. You could be a nurse. Um, you could be a data scientist. Um, bioinformatics. They're just, the world is an oyster because you're using all of these different skills to solve problems that exist in the world
1: right? And, and create
2: solutions.
1: Olu, talk about who you serve. Who are the kids you serve and where are you based out of and how, and how do you find kids for your programs?
2: So we serve um, low-income kids um, between the ages of 8 and 14, all races, all genders, um, we have a large English language learner immigrant population as part of our kit as part of the kids we serve. Um, primarily, we're in the greater Lowell area, and we find our kids through our partnerships with schools. So, we have different school host sites, and we um, work with the schools to select kids to be part of our Tech Club program. Um, so, that's a little bit more about our kids. A lot of them are, you know, like I said, English language learners. Um, they come from different backgrounds. A lot of our students speak Spanish, Portuguese, Khmer, uh, Mandarin. Um, so it's, it's it's a very diverse and inclusive set of kids that we work with.
1: So this is primarily an after-school program, but do the teachers get involved in the curriculum that you teach? Is it something that your people go in and do, or you provide the curriculum to teachers?
2: We do. We we actually implement the program. So the teachers help us in terms of helping us select students to be part of the program. Okay. But we um, design our curriculum. and We also execute it. Um, yep. At, at our our different school partner sites.
1: Yeah. And STEM Week is is coming up. It's this coming week, October eighteenth through the twenty second. Talk a little bit about what happens this week. As I understand it, you're partnering with the state of Massachusetts. And is it artificial intelligence and machine learning that they're focusing on this year?
2: Yeah, so we are really grateful to the Baker and Polito administration. Um, we were awarded a STEM Challenge grant, uh, and so for that STEM Challenge grant, um, Kids in Tech created um, lessons and activities around artificial intelligence and machine learning. So for that for STEM Week, um, our actual title is Artificial Intelligence and machine learning, ethics coding, and creating smart cities. And so we'll focus on middle school students specifically. And we will provide teachers with customizable lessons and learning modules to teach the basics of AI and machine learning. So what that looks like is, for instance, kids understanding how algorithms work. Facial recognition technology, for instance.
0: Mm-hmm. They're going to
2: do an activity around that and understand like the coding behind it. And how does the computer actually recognize a person's face? And why, why do sometimes computers make mistakes when trying to recognize people's faces? And why do people now have the opportunity to just, you know, use their, their finger to tap into their iPhone or use their face to tap into their phones, right? So how does that technology work? So we simulate all those. Um, those are one of the projects they'll be working on. And throughout the course of the weeks, they'll be working on other projects, which will lead them to creating their own smart city where they're going to be coding their um city their futuristic city and then giving like a artistic representation of their city so we're just hoping that throughout the course of the week they understand the careers that exist in the field they do a couple they do activities like the facial recognition one that i just talked about and Mm -hmm start to have those ethical conversations around the use of AI and machine learning as well. So I think it's never too young to start having these conversations because, as you know, AI is already here and it's here to stay. So we want to make sure the kids really understand what it means and why it exists.
1: If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, and we're talking to Olu Ibrahim today. She's the founder and CEO of Kids in Tech. It helps kids gain critical skills in technology. The organization has again been named a partner for Massachusetts STEM Week, which kicks off tomorrow. Let's get back to our conversation. I want to talk a little bit about outside of the technical skills these kids are gaining, the confidence that they're gaining. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing the impact outside of just the academic impact of them feeling probably valued and, you know, feeling more confident about their abilities. Absolutely. So we do pre and pre, pre and
2: post surveys for our students.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And
2: one of the really consistent factors is that they feel um, increased confidence using technology and their attendance rates are pretty high. Because for us, for them to get access to our program, they have to go to school, um, and so we have like we have a 90% attendance rate. And then at the end of the year, we you know we ask them, how do you feel using technology now? Do you understand? And then we ask them again throughout the course of the year. We average the scores, and you know yearly, year after year, it's you know at least 70% and up saying yes, I feel more confident using technology. So. I would say, also, the kids really love going to field trips. Before COVID, we would go on site to different tech companies, and they would be able to interact with tech execs, and they love talking to them. I mean, it was so much real. Everything that we were working on, I mean, it made it real, and real-world connections to what they were working on in the classroom. The kids also really enjoyed working with our mentors often from corporations and mm-hmm. other community volunteers. They just yeah, they really love working with people who really do these types of jobs and come and volunteer with them, help them with their projects. There's a lot of impact. I think another one is really their confidence. And whether you're in school, in school or out of school, like you need the confidence to move through the world. So by gaining stuff confidence in by working on these projects and being able to problem solve, I think these are just life skills that they can use anywhere. Um, but they're also prepared to thrive in the 21st century. And I think that one is uh, a world where we need as many people who have science, technology, engineering, mathematics degrees as possible to help us solve real-world problems and create the world that we want to live in using those tools and knowledge.
1: Talk a little bit about volunteers. How much do you rely on volunteers? Um, who, who's the, you know, what is the pulse of your organization in terms of who's driving what's going on?
2: Yes, yeah, so um, volunteers, um, We have we, our, our organization relies a lot on volunteers. Um, one, we have classroom assistants. Those are volunteers from the community. Oftentimes, they're scientists and technologists who want to give back. They volunteer in our program and just help our instructors, make sure the kids are on track. Um, we also have volunteers from corporations who host field trips um, virtually or in person for the students. We also, so those are our two main volunteer opportunities. We also get guest speakers to come talk to the kids about their career paths, like a show and tell day. And so we get volunteers for that from all different sectors, um, but really talking about how do they use science, technology, engineering, and math in their daily lives. So those are some of the t- t- um, opportunities we have. And volunteers really help our organization run, help us be able to help more students, um, help us to ha- help more students see the world, make connections. Um, we have a volunteer board as well who helps, with, who helps out with that programming as well. Um, so yeah, every nonprofit relies on volunteers because it really helps the organization create more impact. So we're, we're really grateful to all the volunteers that help out um, to make things happen in our programs.
1: As a woman in tech, as an educator in tech, what unique perspective do you think you have? And maybe what unique challenges do you face? Um, that's a great question.
2: As a woman in tech, in the nonprofit and the philanthropy space, too, I think I intersect a lot of sectors. I think with many women who are entrepreneurs, right, you have to, you have to raise funds, whether it's a private or for nonprofit, to make it. Part of it is raising funds and i think women have not always had a seat at a table mm-hmm. so there's not always a lot of role models for other women to look up to so um, but i think it's getting better i think women are starting to create their own tables bring their own chairs yes <laughs> <and get laughs> that's a done. good way of putting it yeah so i think that's changing but i, I do think in particularly the stem field we're, we're still we're i think there's a lot of organizations specifically working on that for young girls and women. I mean, there's still ways to go, but I think there's various organizations working on it. So I think one is representation, like mm-hmm. seeing that, seeing more of that. Um, I think as more girls choose tech or other related STEM fields, that will start to shift the representation. It'll be normal to see a girl who's a doctor or bio, you know, a biophysicist or a uh, mm-hmm. graphic designer. It'll just be normal. So I think that's... One way, I think it's one challenge, but I think people are working on it. I think society understands that women also deserve to see their geniuses, their genius be not left in the grave, but they yeah. just ex- express that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one challenge, but I think people are working on it. As a woman founder of a nonprofit, I think it's, it's always, it's always like I said, it's always uniquely challenging because you don't see a lot of women. Founders who founded a nonprofit yeah. so much, but I do think that's changing. Even in the nonprofit social social impact space, more, more women are saying, "Hey, I have an idea. I'm going to try it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this happen. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get the resources and the people behind me to make this happen." So I think doors are opening there, but there's more work to be done there. I just hope that we live in a world one day where whether you're a boy or girl, especially women, women can see themselves everywhere, yeah, and not be and not and not be and. Say I, too, can do that. Right. That is, that, is, that is available to me if I choose to do that and I have the access of the materials to make that happen. Or I, I see a community behind me that can help me get me where I need to go. So those are challenges, but those are also I, I still see some bright spots. More the to opp- do, but There's opportunity there.
1: there, yeah. Exactly
2: mm-hmm, absolutely
1: um, talk a little bit about your role models you mentioned your dad building computers when you were little who helped you along the way because I know a big part of your program is mentoring so talk a little bit about the importance of that piece. you
2: know my parents are my biggest role models and mentors I would definitely say that outside of my um, parents former bosses and I think your my peers my you know my 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 peers are very helpful, too. But I feel mm-hmm. like I have different types of mentors. I feel like I have my parents and I have, like, old bosses or supervisors. I have people around my age who, who mentor me. And then I have younger folks, actually. Um, a lot of them work at Kids and Tech, and I get ex- inspired by them. Too yeah, it's ideas.
1: amazing what you can learn from younger people. Like, it, you can't assume that everything that you learn is going to be from an older person because a lot of the young kids have skills that just
2: weren't available to us. Absolutely, and they and I think you yeah. um, know, like I said, I'm always learning from them. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. Happened. That's new, or that's trending, right. or yeah. And they're like, yeah, did you know that? So yeah, you're right. You can mentors are everywhere, um, and it's good to have a little bit of both, right? Yeah, <laughs> some, some people around your age, some people who are older you, some people that are you. So you can have a really good perspective on how the world is.
1: Talk a little bit. Olu, about how you see the program growing in the future. How long have you had the program, and what do you see down the line for it?
2: Yeah, so um, we're we growing expanding the role. So we, our goal, our hope is in the next two years we're serving about 300 kids in Lowell. Wow. And then, you know, we want to move into Boston. I think there's so much work to be done in greater Boston as well, and, you know, we need as many kids to choose Tech earlier. So we would love to expand, become a statewide organization as well in the coming years. Our goal is really to help Massachusetts stay number one in terms of STEM. Mm-hmm. I know that can be argued. Some people might say San Francisco, but I do think that Massachusetts has a really competitive edge as it comes to the creation of um, tech and other STEM-related um, companies.
1: How can people help? How are you funded? Is it private donations, grants? Uh, how do you guys raise capital? Yeah, we we
2: rely on donations from everyday individuals. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, so everyday folks who believe in our mission. We also get uh, funding from corporate sponsors. We also get government grants as well to help sustain our funding. Um, And then we also do fundraisers, et cetera, to make sure that we are bringing the income to create the impact that we need. If folks are interested in learning more about Kids in Tech and really supporting our work, we what we are expanding. We do want to expand and reach more kids. They can come to go to our website www.kidtech.org, um, forward slash donate. Every kid, every bit counts, and we'd be really grateful for any support as we try to reach more kids in the coming years. So,
1: ways people can, if they don't, you know, obviously they can donate. Um, but if um, aside from donating talk a little bit about different roles they could play in terms of maybe going in and speaking, um, maybe becoming a, a corporate mentor, maybe hosting a field trip. Are those all things they, that people could yes, do? Yes,
2: absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, um, there's plenty of volunteer opportunities as well. Um, you, can, you can go to our website and, and and they show that you're interested and we'll follow up with you. But yes, yeah, we're always looking for folks to uh, host field trips, um, when want to say to do so uh, in person, but virtually, be a guest speaker. If in-kind donations, we're always looking for gently used laptops that we can use in our programs. Some of our kids need laptops. So all of those things, in terms of volunteering, there's also a lot of ways to give in-kind. So yes, be an instructor, host a field trip, be a guest speaker, in-kind donations of laptops and other digital tools that we can use in our programs. Yes, please go to our website and let us Then you know, we'll get back to you about how you can help and get involved. Give the website one more time, if you would. Kidsintech.org, K-I-D-S-I-N-T-E-C-H.org.
1: Perfect. And before we let you go, we're running out of time, but I want to ask you one last question. Why is this mission so important to you personally? I mean, you obviously sound very um, devoted to this cause and um, passionate about it. Why is that? Um, because
2: you know, my own childhood, I, I, you know, I was a low-income kid, and I saw my parents work really hard to get the science and technology degrees. So my parents are STEM professionals, and it changed the trajectory of my life, really. So I saw the power of education, and I saw, and because of that, um, I saw like, wow, STEM is a really good field or education is a really good field to make a difference. And I just, I'm so happy that like teachers and other people along my path invested in me. Mm -hmm. And I just want every kid to be invested so that they don't, they they don't leave their geniuses in the grave, but they get to express it. So that's like a personal mission of mine. And I just, really believe that we need still more scientists and more technologists and more mathematicians that's how we create a better world yes and so every child deserves a chance to explore those skills deserves access to explore those skills so they can be leaders we need you need, need every you know me I, I believe we need every child yes to like enter these fields and so for me i just I just know there's so many geniuses out there and i don't want I don't want your economic background, or your, you know, to be a barrier as to why you can't enter a field or you can't contribute. I, tech is for everyone, and I really want kids to believe that, and I want them to see a clear pathway to the, to the, to that industry, and like know that their ideas also will help create a better world. The world we live in is a a tech-enabled one. It's going to continue to be, and every every child needs to kind of understand how it works so they can create better solutions using technology yes. or creating new types of technology. So yeah, that's 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 definitely I, I just really believe that every kid every kid should be a scientist and <laughs> a technologist period. <laughs> Well said. Well, thank you to
1: Olu Ibrahim, founder and CEO of Kids in Tech. The program is playing a critical part in creating the next generation of STEM thought leaders and innovators. Your dedication to encouraging students to explore tech fields is creating a more excited and empowered youth. Thank you for what you do, and we wish you continued success as you grow the program to reach even more students. Thank you, Sarah. You've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. It is our honor and privilege to provide a platform for people who are out doing meaningful work in our communities Thank you for paying attention and for helping us to create engaging programming. We'd love to hear from you if you know someone who is making a difference. Just email us or send us a message on our Magic Facebook page. I'm Sue Tab, and along with my co-host and producer, Kendra Petroni, we'd like to invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 7.30 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great Sunday.